Hey there, and welcome to episode five of the Mystery Friendship Sessions podcast. This episode today is featuring my friend Mark Wilson, me, Carter Vader, and yeah, maybe maybe some like background noise. It's probably featuring that as well, like usual. So today, guys, we got a theme, and I've talked about get wanting to get themes, but. I never really had the idea about getting a theme with this much kind of weight and magnitude to it. You know, I like to talk to people about like, uh, tennis and shit, <laughs> you know, but this is some hard hitting. Well, I mean, come on. I'm not, I'm not going to toot my own horn like that, but this, is, this has meaning. It's serious. And to give you a little bit of context, Mark called me on Monday night. And he said that his friend had taken his own life. And he called me and asked me if we could talk about mental health. Because me, uh, that would never cross my mind. I I don't really struggle with problems like mental Well, not like mental health. But I don't, have, I don't struggle with mental health prog- problems like maybe some other people. So Mark really wanted to talk to me about maybe awareness, but also just kind of get some shit off his chest. It's, it's a combination of all of it. And, you know, it's, it's always tough when somebody dies, right? Like, especially when somebody dies young, you know, I kind of accept that old people will die. I accept that I will die when I'm old, but it's hard when somebody dies and it's hard when somebody so young dies, but I think it's especially hard when somebody chooses to take their own life because it seems like that was the only option to them. Mark asked me if we could do a podcast about mental health and I pretty much just let him take the wheel on this one. He is an expert. He is somebody who has his own battles and you know it's not really much of a tribute. It's more of just kind of an open dialogue about problems that like I would I would have never known any a lot of this about Mark if he hadn't told me about this podcast. So there's people out there who struggle. There's people out there who you can't even see have having struggles, having problems. And I I I've always had kind of like an idea of what's going on with Mark, but I never really knew to this extent or to this magnitude. So I'm not going to give any spoilers out really. And as you can tell by my voice, I'm kind of wary or worn down, I guess, because I've done this intro so many times (laughs) and I've done like them so perfect. And then I'll just say one thing and then it's completely ruined. So I just want to keep it short now and say, please listen to episode five or not. Please listen. You're already listening, but please enjoy. Please understand episode five.
close to. I mean, there's a, uh, I, I think the weight just comes from the permanence of it. You know, I mean, exactly. there's, you know, there's a lot of people who, you know, maybe we've worked with in the past or something who I might not have seen for, you know, a year or two or, but it, it's kind of, I mean, maybe the fact that you, you, you know that there's potential that you're going to see that person again, uh, maybe that isn't it, kind of taking that for granted, mm-hmm. but it, it, I mean, it's just that, that, uh, um, yeah, like, uh, my friend who, uh, like took his life just this past weekend, um, was somebody, well, I guess to, uh, add some context as to how I met him was, uh, Four or five years ago, I guess it was now, um, I had left high school so I could go to a day treatment program for people with mental illnesses. Uh, it was essentially a mix in between. You'd get some schoolwork done, like you'd keep a couple courses, but you were kind of doing like group therapy and art therapy. And it was like a very like regimented day. Was this in Calgary? Yeah. It was actually just like two blocks over. It was at the Holy Cross Hospital. Okay. Um, so how, that- so how many people are there? Uh, it's a relatively small program, maybe, maybe, maybe 15 people in total in the whole program. And they're all the same age as you or different varying ages? Um, 13, I think would be the youngest out of anybody there. And you were? Uh, 13 to 17 kind of would be the age group of, of what, kind of what they would accept. And your age was? I was, uh, 15, turned 16, I guess while I was there. Um, so that, and that was the majority of people were about there. Okay. Uh, kind of grade nine, 10, 11 was kind of like the average of the, it was, it's called, uh, it was called adolescent day treatment program. Uh, so would you like to say how you got there? Yeah. So I, uh, I can, uh, I can lead up to, yeah. So I, I guess I'll, I'll finish kind of what the, train okay, yeah, was, explain that. which was, um, so yeah, I, I met uh, this uh, guy there. Um, he's a really great guy, like really talented musician, super funny. Like everyone loved him. Um, and uh, I guess at, at that program, I kind of had like two friends. There was a girl who I later went on to date for about a year and a half, and uh, then there was and then this guy um, was kind of like my like guy friend there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, uh, after we left, we wouldn't really hang out that. Uh, we would kind of run into each other here and there and see each other. We kind of like we're in similar areas and school friends. We were the school homies. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was, uh, I mean, part of it is it's just, it's a little weird. Like after you've been in a setting like that, where you're doing group therapy with each other, where you're telling each other about how like mm-hmm. you want to kill yourself and try to talk each other out of that. It's like, it's kind of hard to just like sit down and have like, just have have fun with the boys after that because you're like totally you exposed yourself like you're you're so bare to that person yeah it's it's tough to like know or have all that context too and you can like straight up like love and care about that person but at the same time it's like uh you're going you're entering into that setting in such a dark place in your life that like Mm -hmm. you kind of just want to leave it behind you kind of just want to move on with things yeah you don't even want to like uh actualize or realize a yeah an element of your life or that life in your real life you just want to get away from it and well I, I mean part like kind of part of the whole point of going to one of those programs to begin with is to move on with your life and to change things mm-hmm. and to um to grow and develop so like 
the idea of maybe going there and then holding on to those things can seem counterintuitive right. um, to people. And, and I know a lot of the time you, you don't necessarily always, if you stay really close to those people, you don't always develop like healthy friendships and relationships with them because sometimes you can kind of like fester in each other's darkness and like... For example, your ex-girlfriend? Yeah, there's definitely a, a large component of that right. where like that was... Uh, uh, but yeah, like the, so the lead up to what, what got me there was when I, uh, at the beginning of grade 10... Um, uh, I had like attempted suicide. Um, I tried to hang myself and then I ended up being hospitalized in a psych ward at the children's hospital for a month. And, uh, when I, when I got there, uh, they diagnosed me with major depression was kind of like, that was what the diagnosis was at the time. I was put on some antidepressants. Did some therapy there when I got out continued to see a therapist um, and it kind of just hoped that things would get better from there nothing really got better things actually kind of continued to go downhill uh, so that at that point I decided to they had uh, basically given me an in that if I wanted to go to this treatment program I was able to so uh, what was the treatment program the adolescent day treatment program oh, okay. that's I meant this, All right. uh, this guy oh, was something different oh no uh, yeah, so I ended up going there. Um, it was basically that ended up being more drug trials and more therapy, and uh, then that just kind of continued on. That kind of was the course of action for the next number of years. Um, and then while I was there, I was also diagnosed with you know anxiety issues, and then I was also diagnosed with ADHD issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it wasn't until about a year ago that I, they were actually like, oh, like of have the wrong diagnosis you're actually bipolar um and that's a pretty common thing because uh part of with bipolar one one thing it can take a long time of like witnessing behavior patterns um you know i can i can try to report something to a psychiatrist as, as accurately as possible but i'm kind of viewing it through my own distorted lens dude thank you like I remember, I remember describing, trying to describe that to people and not really even being able to articulate it like that. But I feel like that's, that's how I live. I've lived my life in some, in some circumstances or at some points in my life where I'm just not able to like really even like, I have that distorted perception of myself. So I can't even really be fully honest with. Yeah. Well, it's, it's not even to say not honest. I mean, it's like if a psychiatrist asks me if I'm feeling depressed, for example, how Mm -hmm. long I've been feeling depressed for, it's like, if I say, I don't know, forever, like forever, right? Right. It's like, I'm not lying, but it's not true. You Mm -hmm. know, Mm -hmm. it genuinely feels like it's been, even if it's been going through, it's maybe maybe an episode of depression for two months, right? When you're depressed, two months is a really long time, Mm -hmm. right? So, um, I'm not necessarily the most accurate I'm not necessarily giving the most accurate reporting even though I'm trying to it's not always um, so it, what what can happen sometimes is uh, really common with bipolar is you do get diagnosed with um, ADHD and depression because they see this kind of like scattered excitement which is you know the manic or the hypomanic episodes right which is in a lot of ways similar so what what explain manic like yeah, so actually, I'll give a like I'll give an explanation of just like what yeah, bipolar is to begin with, because um, a lot of people when they think of bipolar, they just think okay, so one day you're happy, and then the next day you're sad, and that's mm-hmm. not really what it is. Like the Katy Perry song, "Hot and Cold." Exactly right. Uh, that's pretty much. Uh, so what what bipolar is is uh, bipolar is uh, 
you go, you go through different two different states. Um, there's de- uh, or episodes. There's um, depressive episodes and there's manic episodes. And there's a few different types of bipolar. Type one bipolar is depressive episodes and manic episodes. Type two bipolar, which is um, I think that's what I am, is uh, uh, depressive and hypomanic. And then there's rapid cycling bipolar, which as the name is just it means that uh, you can you you go through a lot more episodes a lot faster. So instead of having a depressive episode that might last four, five, six months, you're having a depressive episode that might last uh, you know a month or uh, whatever, and then and then you're back to manic, and then you're back to depressive. So it's a a lot more erratic. Um, there's uh, another one which I'm uh, escaping the name off the top of my head, but. Um, the episodes aren't as severe, but I think they're also more rapid cycling. Mm-hmm. I, I can't exactly remember. So, um, basically, um, manic is a state where you, it's like you're running at 150% all the time. Um, like, And does that mean it's like kind of like wearing on you? Like you're you're at 150%, like, your brain's, like, mentally taxed, and, like, your, no, you, bo- you, your body's just meant to, like, physically you, taxed. You, you don't, like, you, you just go and you won't sleep. It's like, say you go out partying or something like yeah. that. You go out partying, you have a fun night, everyone wakes up the next day, everyone's feeling good. You're the person who's like, okay, let's do it again tonight. And then you go out the next night and it's, okay, let's do it again tonight. Like, it's like you, you just never are satisfied. You always need to keep doing things. It's like, um... I don't know, whatever, you, you hook up with a girl, like, it's never, that's never enough, you need to do it again, you need to, like, it, nothing is, you, there's never, like, um, kind of a sense of, like, okay, I've had enough, there's never a limit, right. um, you can feel euphoric when you're in this place, like, you just feel like you're on top of the world, you can be delusional, kind of, like, delusions of grandeur, um, something with people when they're in a manic state that's pretty common is it's like they're always trying to start up a business so they're always trying to start this you know it's that kind of like uh you know i mean it's 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 almost like talking to someone who's like a little coked out like it's it's that kind of like right uh that that level of energy that's like so intense um and that can be that can be like it's you're not really like a real person at that point you you're not really responsive something bad can happen but you're still on top of the world and you're still going under in 10 percent um manic episodes less last a lot less long than depressive episodes and like when you come down you crash pretty hard like so it's like that endless kind of like wave pattern where it's like there's the there's the incredible high yeah and then there's the horrible trough of just like despair right or yeah right like i mean it's just the depression it's literally just the depression it's um it's but the the highs are like it's an unnatural high Mm -hmm. like you know people you're not people who have a normal state of emotions are not feeling that good about things like probably ever like you're just you're so beyond what and there's not a reason like everything's good you listen to the radio, it's the best music you've ever heard, and you're on top of it. I mean, I, I'm probably, um, maybe not using the most m- medical terms, but I'm more speaking from my own personal experience of how I would describe it. Right. Um, and I, I, I'm, uh, 
type two bipolar, which is, um, so I don't get manic states, I get hypomanic states, which is just like slightly less extreme manic states. You don't, if you have a hypomanic These, state. Good. Well, well a lot, lot better than getting the yeah, incredible high. high well, manic states can often lead to like hospitalization. Oh shit. Okay. Yeah. So because you can continue. be like, I'm on a, on, I'm on a quest from God to do something. Like it's like that delusional. Like it, it's Jesus. not, right? So that's part of it. Um, you can get hypomanic states, which are, yeah, it's not quite as intense, not necessarily quite as delusional in that way. Um, but it's still a huge up and then it's a, like, it's a crash. And when you come, like, I, I, at least for me, it's a, I get like this crash where I just feel, uh, for a few days after I'm in a hypomanic state, I will just feel like brain dead. Like I'm just in a fog and I feel horrible when, when I'm in a hypomanic state too. Um, I'm, I'm drinking constantly, like, uh, I'm like constantly doing drugs. Like there's nothing that satiates that need Mm -hmm. that I'm trying to like, um, it's never just one beer. It's like six beers. Like I'll just drink a six pack or I'll drink because you know, like you can't, it's just, you just never off. Like, right. Um, so, and then, then there's the depressive episodes and, um, so you're saying like a manic is usually like a couple days, like, like or, th- or, th- or, or it can be anything. For, for me, like, uh, I'll be in like a hypomanic state for probably generally two weeks to a month. Okay. Right. So it's, um, it's not just like a, this is where one thing where people can get, um, confused with bipolar, for example, is it's not, uh, they think, well, one day you're happy, one day you're sad. No, it's like these, these episodes last, like they're pretty enduring, like mm-hmm. they last a while. Um, and then you, I, then I'll go into a depressive state, uh, and a, a depressive state is, um, but like th- one, one thing people need to understand about depression is depression is very different from, well, okay, actually, sorry, I'll just, a, de- a depressive state, you feel sad, you feel hopeless, you feel alone, you feel like you feel just horrible or like apathetic about life you don't see a purpose mm-hmm. to any of it um no energy like you know i'll go um if i'm depressed like i'll go days sometimes without eating anything um I'm, uh, or i'll sleep constantly or i might not sleep at all or uh, you know my sleep patterns are just completely all over the place um yeah, and that can la- that lasts uh, a lot of the times. I'll, I'll be in that really severe low for probably three to four months. Uh, I know you and uh, you and Hannah have both noticed this, and probably most of my friends. Where I'll, I'll go through phases where we'll hang out a lot, and then I just kind of fall off the map. Mm-hmm. And it's like I was uh, actually going to say that, but yeah, continue. yeah. Where uh, and and that's kind of general. That's what that is. Is it's like right. I don't want to be around people. I don't want to be talking to people. I don't want to be doing anything. There's no purpose. There's no reason why mm-hmm. I would do anything. And uh, part of that is because it's not necessarily even wrong in thinking that. It's like I don't, I'm not deriving pleasure from anything I'm doing. Like there's no, I don't feel good when I'm doing any of these things. Right, like there's that. not like that chemical dump that you're getting where it's like, I'm like, th- like this right now, even though like we're not talking about like the best subject. Like yeah. it's still like there's like this camaraderie and friendship. I mean, we did just talk for like four hours or something <laughs> yeah. like that. So, and then now we finally start to stop the recording or to record. So, yeah, it's not like this right now for sure. Yeah, 
So, uh, oh yeah. So anyways, um, so about a year ago I was diagnosed, uh, a year and a half ago probably now, I was actually diagnosed with bipolar. Um, and that's why, yeah, that's why, as I said, like the ADHD, it oftentimes gets mistaken for ADHD because you hear about and you can kind of see these side effects, but it can take a long time. Uh, my psychiatrist that I've had, um, it probably took him about a year of seeing me before he could really identify this as like a pattern of bipolar where he could see the episodes mm-hmm. and he could see the, oh, like the treatment that we're doing is really working, like we're really working. And then suddenly it's like just doing nothing. And so what would treatment be? Like if you, is it like one-on-one with a doctor or you're... So treatment for me, I've tried um, like pretty much every treatment under the sun. There's like, uh, I've been on drug trials for different uh, you know, antidepressants, mm-hmm. uh, mood stabilizers, antipsychotics, um, like anxiety medications, ADHD medications to try to help with some of those other uh, things. I've, you know, done uh, different therapies, like uh, the most common therapy would be CBD, uh, which is cognitive behavioral therapy, which oh. is kind of like. I thought you were going to reference weed, but okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe I got that ac- acronym wrong. Uh, CBD is like the, it's cognitive, like a cannabinoid. No, cognitive behavioral therapy, yeah. Okay. Because it's the same. Anyway. No, T- CBT. CBT. Yeah, CBT. Yeah, there, there, there we go. <laughs> yeah, <therapy>. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> and then there's a DBT, there's another ther- type of therapy I've tried. Which uh, is, is that, do you know that acronym? I don't know specifically, I just know it didn't work and I tried okay. it like five years ago. Um, it wasn't really super helpful for me. I've tried uh, RTMS, uh, I think that was the acronym. It was RTMS or EMDR, I've done both, and they're different types of things. And now, so, 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 yeah, RTMS is uh, this type of therapy where you basically, uh, you hold these two paddles, and, one, and they vibrate, and they kind of alternate hands, and you go back and you try to talk about... Um, like you'll talk about something that's like been bothering you and you try to go back and you think about the first time you ever felt that way and you try to try to sort maybe by resolving that first time you felt that way even though it was a smaller issue and they vibrate or yeah and it activates a certain part of your brain when you're having this um because i i there's a current or something no it's just i I think that what it was is you're sitting there with your eyes closed but when you get the vibrations um I think what it was is your eyes naturally move, which is like keeping a certain part of your brain engaged while you're doing it. I could be wrong on this. I'm, I'm trying to remember. Um, Excuse me. So I've, tr- I've tried that. I've tried uh, RTMS, which is where they uh, basically put like magnets on your head and kind of like blast your brain with magnets, um, which is just kind of like gives you like a shock and like stimulates a certain part of your brain. Uh, so yeah, there's a number, like there's a number of different treatments you can go down. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's a really, you know, some people can just like, they'll get diagnosed with something, they'll get put on a drug and it works great for them. And that's kind of that. Um, that's probably not the case for most people, but I, I mean, I've been, was it five or six years that I've pretty much been, uh, under like constant trials for different things mm-hmm. and, and I still have yet to find something that really 
So a question. Yeah. So you you've tried all these pills, right? Or in various forms of drugs. Yeah. How do you feel about getting misdiagnosed the whole like for that longest time, right? Like that would have been like three or four years of your life being misdiagnosed. So do you, excuse me, do you hold any like kind of not anger, but like kind of just kind of like, how did you guys not see this or, um, yeah, I mean, at first I did, but and and then also just being like a Guinea pig, like, how do you feel about that? It can be, it can be frustrating. The, the, I mean, uh, especially with like constant trial and error, right? That must be just a a big thing is like when you're in such a low place like that, when you get diagnosed, it's like, okay, yeah, it sucks that they didn't get this right before, but it's like, at least now Mm -hmm. I can go down to treatment. Like at least now we can try something for treatment that will work. You know what I mean? Like, um, it's disappointing and it's like, it's frustrating that this didn't get picked up on sooner. Um, but it's like, it's, I mean, sooner rather than later. Um, I know for me, the thing that was very frustrating with it, uh, about being diagnosed with bipolar is, um, depression is, is something that for, for, for a lot of people is a lifelong thing that they deal with. Um, but there's a ton of people who will be depressed and, they kind of, they, they do therapy, they do, you know, they find some drugs that help them and they really can get over it. Um, and then eventually some, a lot of people can come off the drugs that they were on and it, you know, they can lead a, a good, you know, a life. Um, bipolar isn't like that. Bipolar, uh, bipolar is a lifelong thing. Like you, you, you can, you can try to find drugs that can help manage it. Mm-hmm. But it's it's not something that you can just work through with therapy. You can find you know therapy. You can find some skills that can maybe help you cope. But uh, I mean, I I've been to therapy, uh, and you know I, I've ha- I've been told by therapists after months of going to therapy with them, and they say you know they basically just said like unless you find drugs that can help stabilize your mood, um, this is kind of a lost cause. Like we're mm-hmm. not going to be able to resolve this because with the, the mood swings that you're having and just going through these episodes um, because they're not necessarily triggered by anything. You know, this isn't, uh, it's not like, um, say with depression, say you're depressed because your mom died or something and you fall into this slump mm-hmm. and you're, you're de- it's not just a, it's not just I'm sad that my mom died but it's been two years and you're just still a wreck and you're still, you're, you know, your life's falling apart. It's like you can, you can work through what I mean, it's, there's definitely a chemical aspect in your brain, but you mm-hmm. can work through some therapy and stuff. Whereas um, bipolar, the therapy really is only effective if uh, if your mood's stabilized, and that's hard to do, right? Like you, like like you said, yeah, you're still not stabilized, or you don't yeah. feel stability to your mood yet. Yeah, and so do many people who are diagnosed ever find stability, or is it often just like this constant kind of whirlwind of like treatment and kind of just like trying new things basically to try and get back to, well, I mean, I'm guessing just, just to get try, back to normal, just but, try to find a baseline. Yeah, somewhere. exactly. A baseline. Cause has there ever been a normal for you? Um, not 
Or, well, I mean, I guess you don't really have, like, you might not even have a perception of normal, but, like... Yeah, it was actually, I was talking to uh, one of my friends the other day, and we were talking um, about, like, some of this stuff, and and she was saying that she had had one time that she could remember where she had really thought about killing herself, and it it, it was, like, when she told me this, she outlined the whole situation, and, and like, when I heard it, I, like, laughed... Because I was just like, I figured that was gonna be. Your well, it was reaction. just like, it was like, what do you mean you've only had one time? Right. Like, like that was. I mean, I guess that's normal. Like, or maybe that's maybe a bit better than normal. But like to me, it was like, what do you like? You've had one time this morning. You've had one time today. Like, uh, no, I mean, because seriously, yeah, it's right, like, yeah. I mean, it, it's something I can't remember. I, I just think it's funny, like, <laughs> just being like patronizing about. Like, uh, like you've only tried killing yourself, or you've only thought about it. You only thought about it. Well, it was just—it's—it was one of those things for me where it's like I—I I honestly could not envision my—I—I like, I couldn't even imagine what it would be like to live my mm-hmm. life without having suicidal thoughts. I—it's I, something that I've—I've—I've I've, I've thoughts, you know, every single day about killing myself, and mm-hmm. it's not like light thoughts. Um, it's things like there's a lot of nights I'll be awake the entire night, and be debating whether I should call someone to take me to the hospital or not. Like, it's, you know, it's, it's not like, it's just a, like, oh, fuck my life. Like, it's right. like, you know, it's like, it's a serious thing. And this is, um, to get back to your question of, do people ever find a baseline? Um, this is something I, 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 I don't know if a lot of people really understand about mental illness, about like, about how serious it can be. Right. Um, is you know for example uh my ex-girlfriend was um she has a borderline personality disorder and uh someone can probably fact check this but i I think the the suicide rate among borderline personality disorder is about 10 percent uh you know i'm bipolar suicide rate among people who are bipolar is like uh it's like 15 20 percent okay right uh, the death rate for people with, uh, with breast cancer is about 10%, right? So, so more people are likely to die from bipolar. If you diagnose with bipolar, you're more likely to die from bipolar than someone who's diagnosed with breast cancer, Jeez. right? So this is where, um, you know, I mean, when someone says, oh my God, like I got diagnosed with breast cancer, it's just like, you know, silence, like no one, I mean, that's a serious mm-hmm. thing. And it's people where it was, someone says, Oh, I'm like, got diagnosed bipolar. People are like, does that just mean you're like happy one day and sad the next? I it's mean, like, like that's, that's kind of like, like before, like, I mean, really like, I mean, I, I, I would never really understand. I, I hardly understand mental illness. Yeah. Like a lot of people think it's just like, Oh, pick yourself up by your bootstraps kind of shit. Exactly. Like, um, I mean, I don't necessarily think that way, and, like, but, like, I have, I have no clue, absolutely no clue, and people who aren't, like, even exposed to it, and they're, like, a family member, or themselves, or know a person who have it, are, like, almost clueless, I imagine, right, like... And, and there's people who are dealing with depression, where maybe a pick-yourself-up-by-your-bootstraps kind of attitude is what they mm-hmm. need, and maybe that is helpful to them, but it it's, um, it, it doesn't really have a, a full understanding of like the, the seriousness of some of these things. And, uh, you know, you'd never say to someone, well, 
well, like, why did you die of breast cancer? Like, I got over it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, because there's this understanding that it's like an, it's an illness and it's serious and it's it's not the same for everyone. Mm-hmm. It's personalized right. for sure, right? Um, like, you're, you're Mark Wilson. You have your own brain. You have your own chemical makeup. You have your own genetics. Like, you're not going to be the same as somebody else. Yeah. It's just not the same. And, and then there's a kind of like the, the less productive side of that attitude uh, or that line of thinking is well doesn't everyone deal with their own stuff doesn't ever every, everyone mm-hmm. have their things they deal definitely. with definitely which is it, yeah, it's, it's not I, I, I felt sad like, yeah like, and that's not really understanding the difference in between that. I mean that's really just not understanding it as an illness um, mm-hmm. I mean everyone will go through periods of you know like the blues or whatever I mean if your girlfriend breaks up with you or you lose your job or you know someone you know dies it's kind of fucked up if you don't feel sad about it or you don't go through a period where you're not feeling great uh, having a baseline doesn't mean you're at that baseline all the time, right? right. It means that you're somewhere in and around it or that you're within a, a healthy level of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that's the difference between, uh, you know, a, a, a manic episode is so far above what is healthy and a de- depression is so far below what is healthy. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've seen people uh, post things on Facebook around like when, when Bell Let's Talk um, it comes around every year. And it's about, you know, spreading awareness of mental illness, which I think is great, but I don't think it's actually, it doesn't spread awareness. I mean, like the, just making a tweet for it is like good because, or like ha- doing that hashtag or whatever, cause they donate money towards like st- yeah. studies on and like funding, it's, it's funding that goes towards maybe, I, I guess I have no clue what Bell actually do- gives it to, but. I mean, it's for example, I mean, it's like, okay, whatever, this book on my coffee table. It's like, uh, have you ever heard of the book, Two Treaties of Government? Right? No. Okay, well, now you, have, <laughs> now you have awareness of it. Yeah. But it's like, do you actually know anything about it? Mm-hmm. Is, I mean, right. you know, it starts a conversation, but the conversation actually has to progress beyond just awareness. Because w- without actually having information out there and information going around about what these things are, um, I mean, I'll see people will post things and they'll say like, Mental mental health awareness is important because you know I didn't I never realized I could have so much anxiety as I did when I moved away from home to go to university, right? and I don't want to say that you know you don't want to belittle, belittle their feelings. I don't right? want to say that maybe they weren't dealing with something actually serious, but you know it's to say I mean yeah obviously if you're going to move out and of your parents' home and go to university, there's going to be anxiety right. around that. There's going to be loneliness, but it's not necessarily to say it's a mental illness. It's like how I'm well yeah. Yeah, you know, so, um, and I, I think it's important for people to know, um, you know, like the, the, truly like the seriousness of it, um, that these are, these are things that like claim a lot of lives and, uh, you know, I mean the difference in between something like breast cancer, for example, is, I mean, I mean, most people who get cancer, I think the most common age to get cancer is like when you're 70 plus. Right? So you can lead a long, happy life and then get cancer at the end. And, you know, you get cancer when you're 70 and you're gone by 73, but, you know, you had good 70 years of life. Or it's like, with mental illness, it's, it's a constant struggle. It's something people deal with every single day of their lives. It's something that, um, you know, there's, you constantly hear this in, in therapy. People are telling you this and, uh, you know, you're constantly hearing, well, it gets better, it gets better. And um, I was talking with a friend about this yesterday and, we were saying that when we first heard that, you hear that and you think that it goes away. 
you know, that you, mm-hmm. you'll, you'll reach a healthy level at some point. You'll be healthy, like you'll, you'll have, and that's not necessarily the case. It means you might learn to cope with things. Um, you might be able to manage things better, but, and it's, it can go away for some people. It can, but uh, that's not the case for everyone. Um, you know, even there's lots of cases where, uh, I mean, you can, one of my favorite authors, David Foster Wallace, was on antidepressants for some 20 years and then came off of antidepressants. I don't exactly remember the reason why, but when he went back on the drug, um, when he, and this was when he was 40, right? He went back on the drug and suddenly the drug didn't work for him anymore, mm. right? Uh, within a year of coming off the drug, he killed himself, right? Like, so it, it's something where like, even when you think it might've gone away, it's not necessarily gone. You, you know, you might learn how to manage it for a period, but this is something that's a, you know, it's constant battles, yeah. you, you know, and, um, yeah, so it's, yeah, it's not just a pull yourself up by your bootstraps kind of thing. So when, when people would tell you it gets better, can you like, can you look at like when they tell you, like if I say it gets better, Mark, and I've never experienced what you're experiencing, like as a therapist, if I was a therapist or whatever, and I tell you it gets better. Can you even like really take them seriously? Can or do you, do you take what they say seriously? Or are you like you you you've never experienced what I'm going through? Like how can you tell me it gets better? Yeah, so for, like just uh, almost I mean, talking, almost like an anger talking. Or, there can definitely be like a lot of resentment and frustration, um, and the the whole well, you've never dealt with this, so how would you know kind of thing? I mean, uh, at least from my perspective, talking with the therapist when they tell you that it's a I guess there's two parts to this. One, it can be a bit different. They can, they're probably, they're more knowledgeable about it than you are. They've seen a lot of the time hundreds of people who mm-hmm. have dealt with things. So, uh, you know, just because I'm dealing with it doesn't necessarily make me the expert in it, right? Um, I mean, they do know more than I do about <laughs> yeah. these topics, right? I mean, I've got, you know, psychiatrists have like, their, you know, PhDs in this. Um, yeah, it's their job. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, and the, the other thing is, is uh, <laughs> I guess maybe more. Not to say that some people are being disingenuous, but uh, I mean, if someone's on the edge of suicide, telling them, "Listen, man, you're probably just going to be having to deal with this for the rest of your life," mm, is like yeah. probably not a constructive thing to say. So framing it in a context of things get better even if you're being kind of elusive about what that especially means. since it's coming from a person who's trying to help you so yeah. it's not like you probably think like oh yeah I guess I'm not this isn't the person I have to like attack or kind yeah of, kind, kind of just lash out at like they don't deserve that there it could definitely be like a day by day thing too so mm-hmm. you know uh, taking it day by day um so telling someone that in that moment, although, you know, maybe you're being elusive or maybe you're being, uh, I, I guess my, 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 the thing I've been realizing more lately is that when you, when you originally hear things get better, you're kind of, a lot of the time, I know when I first started to really go to therapy, when I was at that treatment program, I was very motivated to like work on it and try to find like a drug that would, like a, an antidepressant that would help me and try to learn, you know, coping skills and therapy that would help me with it and I I think me as well as probably most other people there were thinking you know just a couple more years of this and I'll be like I'll be good 
uh, I mean, it, it's five, it's been five or six years since I've been diagnosed. Um, I wouldn't say, I, I would say I'm more, I'm better equipped at dealing with it, probably just purely through personal, ex- through more experience of dealing with it. Um, but I, I'm no more, I'm no closer to a solution than I was then. Mm. Um, you know, I, I, I'm not, I, I would say, if anything, I have more suicidal thoughts than I did when I was 15. I get darker than I did when I was 15. I think I'm just more used to it now and more equipped to deal with it, but it's like, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm still I'm still looking for something that can help fix, mm-hmm. help with that, you know? Um, it can take, it can take, you know, 10, like, you know, 5, 10, 15, 20 years sometimes before people really, like, truly find a system that works for them. Um, it's not to say that there's no people who can go to a psychiatrist or a therapist and be in and out in a few months and everything's great and everything's where they want it to be. But it's to say that, um, I mean, yeah, for people, for some people, it really is a lifelong thing that they deal with, you know? No, when you say that is, do you, do you think that there's hope? Like, do you, do you have hope? that it's going to be over one day or like, I mean, you probably do. Right. But do you, do you think that it will ever be over? Uh, I don't think it will be over. Not over. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, I'm explaining, I'm just saying this like an idiot. No, no, no. I, I, I I completely understand what you're saying. I'm just, uh, uh, is there an end game is what I'm saying. Like when when you hear all these stories about like people taking like, like for example, the writer who, took them for 20 years and then came off them and then tried taking it again and it was nothing and like that that doesn't sound very hopeful right but is there hope stories like is there people that you know personally that like is there like a kind of an infrastructure for you to like meet those people or like like I'd say almost like a big brother kind of uh like a like, like, you know how, like, an adult would go hang out with, like, a foster child or something like, a, like that? Like an AA for bipolar people, kind of, that type of thing, almost, where it's, like... Yeah, yeah, just, it's, just like, somebody to talk to who, like, just people to talk to, I guess, people who are yeah. doing it yourself. Like, you had the, the school, but outside of school now, is there, like, programs and uh, things in place to, like, for you to meet with those people or is it yeah I mean, largely it, just like you have to go do this yourself it uh, depends i mean there's a there's a lot of uh groups i remember um yeah my ex-girlfriend used to be in a, a group therapy uh for people with bpd um I, I know there's a lot of like different groups for different things i know that's a really common thing uh for people with eating disorders because there's like group therapies mm-hmm. for them um, I've never been to a group therapy for people with bipolar, but that being said, is it, you know, as I said earlier, therapy is not always the best treatment right. course for people with bipolar. So I'm not, I'm not, I, I, I think it kind of depends on what you're dealing with. I honestly don't even know if there is that type of thing mm-hmm. for people with bipolar. I know there's that type of thing for people in other circumstances. Um, it's, uh. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, this might just be my own personal dilemma that like I need to get over. But I, uh, part of it is is I don't want 
when, when you meet people who also have a, uh, who are also mentally ill, it's kind of a weird experience because you're, you're kind of meeting people who operate the same way as you, which is something when you're in this situation, you can feel very alone. So it, it's, it's like, wow, I finally met someone who feels like me. And like, um, you know, I mean, I've, I've dated a number, a number of people who are like dealt with mental illnesses and it doesn't really turn out that great most mm. of the time because you're both kind of fucked. Uh, <laughs> um, but it, it's like I, I I think part of part of it for me is I don't I don't want to I don't want to rely on other people who are mentally ill and I, I don't want that because I don't want my life to evolve around mental illness mm-hmm. I don't want I want to live just like I, I just want to have like a normal you don't want some life. of these elements of mental illness to like cross over into your life not not like not to say that like you don't want like mentally ill people in your life but you don't want to like share in their uh their their lives i guess or their problems it's just kind of like i mean you think uh you know with our friendship literally nothing about our friendship has anything to do with mental illness mm-hmm. right i mean it's something that i deal with right it's, but like that's just that's my own personal thing like it's just something i mean uh, you know, it's like you might have a friend who has diabetes. That doesn't mean that your friendship has anything to do with diabetes. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't want that to be, um, I, I just don't want that to be a focal point in my life. Right. Um, and honestly, to like to be like completely frank, maybe that's not, a per- maybe I would be a lot better off if I changed my attitudes on that. That's something that I guess only time will tell and I'll have to figure out for myself. Uh, at, at this point, I just don't, I don't want that to be. It's like I, mainly because I just don't want to be dealing with this. I don't want to. I don't want to give it any more time of day than I have to. Um, you know. That being said, I, I guess also, I, you know, I, I just said I, uh, earlier how I hadn't. I hadn't found anything that had really worked yet. So maybe, maybe that's not the best attitude, mm-hmm. and maybe that's not the most productive way to think about it. And maybe um, if I did go to a, you know some type of group therapy or some support type of group maybe that maybe that would be a, a healthier way of coping with it but I, I guess uh, time will tell I'm not necessarily opposed to trying it it's just not kind of my first option mm-hmm. of what I would like to do um, I mean ideally I would like to just find some mood stabilizer um, you know I, another thing that's tricky about some of the drugs is like the kind of the go-to drug for bipolar is lithium but lithium, like the element, I honestly have no idea. I've never okay. asked for clarification <laughs> on that. <laughs> um, but I mean, lithium's really hard on your body. Like, it, like, uh, it's like your liver having to fill, or kidneys or liver kidneys or liver. I don't remember which one, but I know it just like fucks them up. So like, um, and a lot of people get that, or do you? Okay. Yeah, that's a pretty common thing. Is like, because th- this is the thing is like, if you're on it, you're on it. You might be on it for 10, 15, 20, 30 years, yeah. right? So, I mean, that's part of it for me is it's like that might be an option that might work and realistically probably would, but I don't really want to have to go down the route of, route of you know, potentially being on dialysis or whatever when I'm 40, yeah. right? Especially that seems like a, I don't, uh, but. It, you know, maybe that's just an excuse. I don't know. Um, I, I would like to find something. The one of the hard things about about uh, about about drugs 
or you know uh, different um, yeah different drugs you can be on is I mean the side effects can be huge um, I've been on like I mean Seroquel was I think the last drug that I had a trial on uh, Seroquel is an antipsychotic and it I mean it just would wipe me out like I couldn't function throughout the day I was you know you sleep just no energy just no energy and just like feeling vacant mm. like uh, like I, autopilot kind of or, yeah okay. well I remember I just remember doing something and having a knife in my hand and I just remember cutting my hand because I was like I don't even know if I can feel like you're just like Fine. that like gone like and that's a pretty common thing for some people with some of these where you're like so it, it's and this is this is I think one of the hardest things about it is um, when you try a new drug at least for me uh, you can feel really hopeful and feel really you're like maybe this is going to be the one maybe this is going to be it and then when it doesn't work it's just like uh, that was a waste of three months mm-hmm. that's what I was felt like ask. shit for no reason yeah. you know so that can be a pretty um, that can you know put you in a bit of a slump that, that's too. why I asked like like when they give you something else after you've already tried like a million other things like it, it, I, I feel like I would just be so adverse to wanting to try something else but obviously you're trying to better yourself so it's like if any like I'll do anything yeah, and that's why there's that, um, not necessarily optimism, but openness to try things, mm-hmm. but not necessarily hope. You're like, yeah. I'll do anything. I don't necessarily think it'll work. It's not hope like, oh, I hope I survive breast cancer, right? It's yeah. Like, mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. okay, well, let's just give this one a shot. I, I'm, th- I'm thinking about that those numbers. So when you say 10% of people pass away from breast cancer. Yeah. When you say 15% of people die from bipolar, that's literally like people killing themselves, right? Yeah. So that's pretty fucked up. And that's also, you have to think, that's the worst outcome of bipolar. So that's mm-hmm. that's just people who are killing themselves. But that's not... Pe- that's that's not, pe- people were feeling that all, like... People might off, feel that other... their entire life and then die, but like that's mm-hmm. not a count. Like that's just the worst case scenario of people taking their own lives. The percentage of that is higher than it is of people who die from breast cancer. Jeez. Yeah. You know, you think, I mean, you know, breast cancer is like, uh, I, I mean, it, the suicide rate is being measured over a span of, um, so I mean, it might, you might be diagnosed and it might be 30 years later that you kill yourself, right? Mm. So breast cancer is because it's a, a disease and then with the treatment, uh, it's, it's a, it's it, a way it's, shorter kind yeah, of like, yeah, it's pretty immediate compared to like long-term You know, if you're going to, if you're going to die, it's going to be within 10 years of being diagnosed. Yeah, so, yeah. Well, most often way less than that. Right. right? But bipolar is your entire life. Yeah. yeah. But still the, 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 the point is, is that also once you're cured of breast cancer, I mean, obviously you can relapse and have, you know, cancer again, but, um, it's like once it's gone, it's, that's kind of been dealt with, mm-hmm. you know? So whereas it's like, that's not something that's there with bipolar. It's not like, oh, cured it, right? Right. Like, it's constantly there. So, uh, yeah, and this is where uh, I, I don't think uh, a lot of people understand really the severity of, like, the... Um, and and how common, um, you know, death is as a result of mm-hmm. some certain mental illnesses. And... Um, and how seriously, I mean, I just like looking, 
you know, um, you know, I mean, the people who I, I still am, t- uh, aware, I guess, aware of or follow on, you know, on Facebook or whatever, who I met in that treatment program, um, it's like, most, like, they're all still dealing with, it's not like, I, I don't know of any of them who are like, cured, and yeah, like, they've moved completely on, on and, yeah, and like, uh, I mean, yeah, like, you know, one of them just passed away, like, and, I mean, it's been five years, which is not a huge amount of time, it's like to say, you know, ten years from now, I don't know, I can't guarantee another one will, won't, you know, take mm-hmm. their life, right, like, I mean, it's, it's not like, we're measuring this over a huge period of time with the group of people that I was with there, so, right, um, and now he had bipolar as well? I think he just was uh, depressed. Just okay. had depression. Not to say just had depression. But, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, uh, I think that was it. Right. I'm trying to, trying to remember now. But um, yeah, sorry, I don't know where I was going with that. But um, yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's like one of the, for people under 25 or whatever, under 40, I think it's like the second or third or first or second or third most like a like leading cause of death mm-hmm. um and mm-hmm. in the u.s suicide's like the 10th leading cause of death overall uh yeah it's like it's it's a really it's a serious topic and it's something that um yeah i, I think needs more honest discussion about it and more um a lot of the time when you hear about mental illness you don't hear necessarily about how bad it is you either hear an optimistic message about it or you just hear spreading awareness or you just hear which a lot of the time for someone who doesn't if someone uh, hearing a positive uplifting message from someone who's dealt with depression or you know whatever uh you know mental illness um if you're in the midst of that can be a really great thing to hear but for right. someone who's who's not in the midst of that and they're trying to use that as their source of information to learn about it it's like, right. Oh, they so they see just, the positive and they don't even understand the negative. Yeah, exactly. And that's what the media or whatever is only portraying is that there's pause, there, there's a positive there that can happen. There, there can be a positive, but they're not really like detailing or showing the like regular people what it's like, or they can't even like, I mean, it's, it's well, hard it's like, for me to even fathom or understand, but there's, there's no like. Um, there, there, there isn't enough of a representation of the negatives for people to even like really fully understand what depression or any of those mental illnesses really are because let, but going back to Bell Talk or Bell Let's Talk like everybody might retweet that or quote it or whatever make a tweet about it but I can say I'll, I'll like never ever think about it on, after that day yeah and I know it's probably like that for everybody. It's, it's like you want to do the good thing, and it's great that you did the good thing, but... Kind of like this slacktivism. Like, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, you, uh, the, the, the other thing about it is... Um, yeah. I mean, for example, if someone told me... I mean, if you just told me right now that you had just been diagnosed with cancer, or you had been diagnosed with AIDS, or, you know, whatever. To be frank with you, I really have no idea what those... I mean, I've never had someone really close to me. I've never, like, witnessed someone really close to me, uh, you know, go through cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I, my grand, 
uh, my grandfather's had it and they died, but I, you know, I was four when the one of them died and the other one died before I was born, right? right. And then other people who I know I've just witnessed as, at a distance, right? Um, but, and I think part of the difference in between how mental illness gets treated versus how something like that gets treated is if you were to tell me, oh, you know, I, I tested uh, HIV positive or AIDS or whatever, right? Like, I know it's serious. I don't really know, honestly, mm-hmm. how that manifests. It's like itself. any other disease. It's, I, I wouldn't say, like, oh, I had the flu one time. It's kind of like that, mm-hmm. right? Like, you know, like, it, it, it's, I would be open to listening to you. I would want to, like, hear about what that means. And I would respect the the weight of the topic. Whereas I feel like mental illness is one of those things where it's like, well, everyone has emotions, so everyone goes through their things. Mm-hmm. I've been sad before, so I get, I understand this topic. Um, and it's like this weird thing where it's like suddenly everyone's a psychiatrist and can just self-diagnose. It's, yeah, it's not a physical thing. That yeah. Like, like, you can't see... Yeah. You can't see mental illness. You can... Well, I mean, you can see mental illness. I guess there's signs of somebody having yeah, mental illness, but you can't... You, there's, there's not like a physical change to somebody where... Like, I don't know, like you had leg cancer or diabetes or something and you got like your foot cut off because, yeah. um, I don't even know why they cut the foot off. I think it just turns into dead cells or something or it just dies. Who knows? But anyway, yeah, who knows? <laughs> exactly. Right. Like I don't, I don't know shit about anything. Yeah. And so I specifically don't know shit about mental illness and I feel like that's like, I know more shit about diabetes than I know about mental illness and that's yeah. probably worked a lot of people are coming from is that they just don't know and but there's this like there's this uh, I don't think a lot of people really like um, kind of respect the complexity of it like mm-hmm. you know these are like the real illnesses that have a lot of signs and traits not like depression's not just simply being sad there's a lot more to it you know like uh, you know being bipolar is not simply just like being you know being happy and then being sad day to day like um because, you know, people hear that, that's what they think it is, and then they're like, well, I can relate to that. You know, I've got good days, I have bad days. Like, what's this person whining about, kind of? Or, like, yeah. you know, schizophrenia is not just like, oh, you just see people. Or like, I, like, you know, that's the thing. I don't even know much about schizophrenia. I, but, like, I, I understand the seriousness of the topic, and, uh, you know, I would, be, I would be open to listen. You know, and I don't, mm-hmm. I don't assume, right? Um, I know the, with mental illness, there seems to be a lot of assumption, and I think a lot of it comes from this like uh, one floor of the cuckoo's nest kind of idea of it, where it's like this isn't real, or this isn't a real thing, or this person's just overly sensitive, or mm-hmm. uh, you know, this person's just kind of a pussy and can't deal with their own stuff. You know, um, uh, I mean, yeah, anyone who's known me for a while knows that this like this is something that like. It doesn't go away. Like it, it's there, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. So, yeah, yeah. See, like I mean, I'm sure some of my friends who ha- have met you through me, they don't, they don't necessarily know this part about you. Yeah, and they just see you as the mark that they have seen. Yeah, but like for me, knowing you for as long as I've known you, I remember like not talking to you for like months and just being like, "Fuck!" Like what happened to Mark? And I, I didn't know at that time. I had no yeah. clue. And I think it's only, like, been recently, like, I've, I've just kind of collected little tidbits of information from you, but also, uh, Mr. Tight-Lipped Angus. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I've picked up little tidbits about just, like, 
I don't know. I like. I mean, I didn't know you were diagnosed with bipolar until this very conversation. Really? Yeah. See, that's. And, I mean, this is. Uh, I guess part of it for me, and it's something. I mean, I do feel an obligation to like, uh, like share this with people, and it is something I'm like I'm I'm very open about with people. Like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'll talk about you know issues that I've had with like self harm. I'll talk about you know taking like crazy amounts of drugs to cope with things or whatever um but, but it's put, also but putting hilarious spins on those yeah or like it's just maybe sharing stories in a light that are a little bit funnier and a lot less depressing mm-hmm, than they were mm-hmm. um you know because you know, yeah i mean it's it's like it's not a fun thing to talk about so i i, I mean i guess for me sometimes I, you know i forget that not everyone's aware of this you know like right. I, it's such a big part of my life but like uh and it takes up so much of like my time and my day but um, I mean, you think how many people do I know? How many people am I friends with? How many people have I been friends with over the years? It's like, how many times do I have to share this conversation with someone? Which isn't a fun conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's and it's not because I'm, I'm not hiding it. It's just like, I just don't... Mm-hmm. I'd rather talk about other things. You know, I'd rather talk about music. I'd rather talk about, you know, bullshit about politics or right. bullshit about, you know, whatever, yeah. you know. So, uh, yeah, it's something, I mean, I do feel an obligation at tell people and share it and um i mean i think part of the stigma towards mental illness and kind of that that notion that uh yeah as i said like the like one flew over the cuckoo's nest kind of view that like people are kind of just putting this on and like it's uh, whatever like we all have our own shit we deal with um it's like no like it, it is a real thing and i think the the best way to like get rid of that stigma and that attitude that people can have towards it is by you know, sharing your own personal experience and being open about it, but it's like, like kind of like, fuck, like how many, how many times do I have to mm-hmm. share like these, these stories and how many times do I have to tell people this? And it's like, um, especially cause this is like, this is the part of my life that like, I fucking hate. Like, I don't want to, mm-hmm. you know, I, when I, it's, you know, when I'm with people, you know, if I'm having a shitty week, like this is the last thing I want to talk about. I want to talk about, I want to have fun. I want to get my mind off of it. I want to do something else. It's like, you know, I, if it, there's definitely been time. There's been tons of times where you know I'll hang out with you. I'll hang out with whoever, um, and it's like that's been the first day that that week or maybe in two weeks I've left my apartment. Mm. You know what I mean? Uh, you know I might get a meal with a friend, and that might be the first meal, I've, uh, first real meal I've had. And you know, I, there's like times where I, I'm so depressed that it's like uh, I literally have to just like force feed myself like spoonfuls of peanut butter because I'm like I don't even have the motivation to cook and I'm like I know I need some nutrition I gotta stay alive like fuck like here's a spoonful of peanut butter there's some calories it like like, overrides basic human function yeah so I and and I guess part of it then is that when I you know you know when I'm with people it's like uh, if I'm wanting to get my mind off of it if I'm wanting to do something fine if I'm not you know I don't want to talk about it not because I'm ashamed of it not because of any of that just I just it's not fun you know mm-hmm. um it's really easy for it to kind of go under the radar sometimes you know and for people to like really have no idea that any of that's going on you know was it hard to tell people at first uh you know definitely I mean I, I, th- you th- I think when I attempted suicide I was in grade 10 right so uh People are um, tough to tell people that you commit su- or tried committing suicide in grade ten. I didn't tell anyone. At my yeah, school. exactly. I told, people, <laughs> real, real I told people I was. Uh, I told people I was dealing with depression, uh, and that's why I was in the hospital. And like, 
I mean, I was always open about that. Uh, tell, telling people that are close to you, or like, would you tell just like uh, anybody? Pretty much anyone that was dealing with depression. I didn't really care that much mm-hmm. about that, but uh, I mean, at that point, I was like self harming. Uh, like so, like like cutting yourself, cutting myself. I just like take my hand, just like hold a lighter underneath until I just burnt a fucking hole in my hand. Pretty much, like it was just like shit. Like you're like you're feeling so bad that you're like I will literally do anything to get my mind off of this. Other other than trying to hang yourself, what would you say is the worst thing that you've done? Um, I think probably some of the. It's not necessarily the worst thing. Okay, I, I, I would say if I'm really depressed, or actually if I'm, if I'm kind of in a, in a hypomanic state, uh, probably the worst thing I can do is I can go on just a bender and just get so fucked up. And it's like there's no concept of that. I know there's been a couple nights where I like, you know, I've woken up the next day and just been like, I very easily could have gotten alcohol poisoning or like, mm-hmm. I, you know, I'll, I'll try to remember what I consumed and I've, I really have no recollection of, you know, it's like I'm, I can remember taking it, you know, five, six, and then I'm like, oh, maybe did I take another drug or what? You know, like, it's because you just, there's like no ability to say no. Like someone, you, you just, you want more, you want to do stuff, you want to like, um, so, I mean, that would be, uh, that would be times where it's like kind of, that can get to the point where it's kind of scary, especially when you, when you have one of those nights, uh, and then you do it again the next night mm-hmm. and you do it again the next night. And like, so that would be, yeah, I think su- substance use can definitely get out of hand with it. Um, so how many years have you taken off your life? <laughs> what would you say? <laughs> How old is my liver? <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I... I uh, so that would be... That would be kind of a, a messed up one. Um, just like risky behavior when you're kind of in that state because you just don't really care. Uh, yeah, I mean, definitely like attempting suicide is far worse. But yeah. Than anything else that you could do. Um, so you don't have like, so I watched a vice documentary a while back about, uh, it was like this boxing gym. Yeah. And there's, I think you've probably seen it as well, but it was like, um, it was this boxing gym and they had like this one guy who kept coming in and, uh, he just like had cuts and like scars all over his body. And he also had something of bipolar, something similar to like bipolar. I'm not exactly sure if that was exactly it. Did you, have you seen that one? I haven't, no. But, uh, yeah, like, uh, he, he said, uh, like, his was, like, induced because he got molested as a child, I guess, or maybe that's just, like, another added, uh, well, I can definitely I, I, it's, like, just an accumulation of, on I mean, top of like already being bipolar. Bio, it's, like, your biology, but then a lot of those things are also, like, life experiences. Can, mm. uh, and, um, and so he had just, like like gnarly cuts all over his body and he had like one fresh one where he he said he's just thinking about a woman and uh, I just grabbed the knife and just ripped it across my ribs and uh then he like showed it and you could like pulled it apart and you could like see like just like all these like individual ribs just on this knife wound yeah I mean that would be the most extreme you know I mean like I think there's probably not to say that's not 
a thing, but I, I, I would say most people who are dealing with stuff wouldn't, would, wouldn't be going to those extremes. Um, I know there's been points where it's like even, especially if I'm, if I'm feeling horrible, it's like the last thing I really want to be doing is making myself feel worse. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's yeah, like, yeah. I mean, even though that might be illogical as to why you, you know, hold a lighter your skin, it's like, because it takes the mind off, but it's like, it's not like I'm literally just gonna like you know, rip my gut open or something yeah. it's like this will show them like you, like, you know what I mean like what's that like uh, what's that just like the most horrible imagery and then I mean like that's that's my rationalization it's not to say there are not people out there I know people I mean I, I wasn't big with self-harm um, I know there's people out there that, uh, people I know who had have who just have um, you're more of a dabbler <laughs> I just get my toes wet. <laughs> um, but I know people who have like horrific scars from it, um, right. and that was kind of that was their their coping thing. I never. Uh, I only actually tried self-harming after I was in a psych ward because I had seen other people do it. And I was mm. like, well, might as well fucking give this a hey. shot. Like, <laughs> uh, it seems to work for them. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> That was uh, <laughs> coping lessons learned in the hospital. Mm. Um, no, I mean it's it's not like there's I pinpoint one instance where I did something you know devastating to my body, but like um, I mean it's just behavior patterns. I, I think one of the things that uh, I mean I get really paranoid sometimes, mm-hmm. and that's a that's a tricky one to bring up with people. Um, because paranoia is like a, it can be like when you start talking about people like this person's fucking crazy like uh, I mean there's things like I don't do online banking because I get paranoid like I mean that's one thing I get paranoid about interesting sometimes like if I'm if I'm like uh, Mark Mark Wilson Stockmaster <laughs> doesn't I, do online banking I won't uh, like if I'm on the bus I'll go through phases where like I can't like uh, hit the button to get off because like I, I feel like I'm being like it's just like it feels like something like who's like keeping track of this I know there was like I'd get anxiety attacks uh, when I was living with my parents if my mom's phone would get a text or if they got a call because I would think it was like my psychiatrist like calling them because they had like been like keeping track of like what I had been doing Mm. and I thought it was like information getting sent to them Uh, I mean there's times where I've spent night like uh, at a night this past week where I spent the whole night in the shower holding a knife because I was paranoid that people were going to, like, kill me. Like, I mean, it's, like, things like that where, like, uh, you know, I mean, that's, that's, yeah, there are, like, delusional things where uh, you have, like, this crazy sense of self-importance. Like, you feel like you're, uh, you know, you're here to, like, change the world or, like, you're here to, like, uh, like, uh, you can go into these really weird thought patterns and, and those ones are hard because especially for me when I get in that state it's like I mean I know if I'm sitting in the shower holding a knife I know it's crazy you know mm-hmm. but at the same time it's like I know this is crazy but I'm also not positive that I'm not wrong you know like I, right. I'm not I'm not willing to get out of the shower like yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like, there's, a, so there's, like, that side of it. Um, but, yeah, I can't, it's, I mean, there's definitely people out there who have done some, like, truly 
horrific things at like really low moments or really like uh, paranoid moments or you know whatever uh, delusional moments that like you know like truly yeah like as you said that one guy just like cut his ribs open um, I've met people who have done similar things I, I personally have never had that happen and I, I think um, I think most people who are dealing with mental illness probably don't get to that point a lot of the time I, I, mean, I mean even people who you know who might probably kill themselves before they're you know in a place where they're like slicing their themselves open and like um, just it's kind of like a different mindset yeah you know after you got like diagnosed oh you know let me say this so how did did you notice like a difference in how people treated you when you finally got diagnosed uh not hugely and I think this was uh not necessarily so I uh, I'm trying to think of how to phrase this so I, I didn't always notice I think people really didn't know what it was so I people wouldn't, you know, if we're just talking and I brought up, oh, hey, like, I'm bipolar, or, you know, if I was in grade 10, I was saying, you know, hey, I, like, you know, I would have brought up that I had depression, because that's what I thought it was yeah. at the time. Uh, people wouldn't necessarily treat you differently, but then if you were actually displaying symptoms of that, it's like, well, why are you acting this way, kind of, like, it, it was like, no one cared, um, it, there wasn't, like, this stigma in the sense of, uh, oh, like this person's crazy kind of thing, or you know whatever. Like it, 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 just people knowing that you were dealing with this wouldn't make them treat you differently. But there was like this as soon as you know you're having anxiety and you're freaking out, everyone's like, like what the fuck is wrong with this guy? Kind of. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it, it was like, well, like, I'm bipolar, and people are like, or like, I'm, I have depression. It's like, there's this, like, you know, it wasn't necessarily a stigma that you dealt with. It was just a lot of, like, kind of ignorance around the issue. Mm -hmm. um, so people could definitely get, like, uh, there's definitely times where people could get, like, judgmental about, because they didn't know what you were doing, so they just thought you were being weird. They thought you were being, like, uh, like, just a downer, like, you know, whatever. Right. Yeah. And that would, that, that would be, like, at school, or would that just be, like, around, like, pretty much a general truth about everybody, is that they just couldn't really even wrap their head around it, and so it's, they, they just don't even really understand what you're going through or what, what it is? Uh, yeah, I think, I mean, school is a big part of it, uh, just because, um, yeah, it wasn't everyone, uh, there's just, just some people, though, who, like, like, they really, like, really just didn't really get mm -hmm. it. Um, I, I think, uh, you know, it's like, I know, like, it kind of sounds weird, but it would be like if I met someone when I was in school who was also dealing with depression, it would be, like, almost like a relief because it was, like, someone who you could actually, like, relate to about this and, like, someone who, like, genuinely understood it. So, um, but, you know, as people, you know, friends from various places, different people I would deal with, uh, a lot of people, uh, I mean, a lot of people were very supportive of it. Um, and I, I think part of it was because when, when it first came up, uh, I was only telling people that I was dealing with depression. 
I wasn't telling people that I was diagnosed because I had attempted suicide. Mm-hmm. I wasn't telling people about a lot of things of, of regarding it. Um, it was more just a name than anything. Right. Uh, than people not actually having to see it. Um, you know, I, I know people once in grade 10, I missed a lot of school. Like it, it was, you know, to the point where like before I went to the treatment program, I was maybe going to school two or three days a week. Um, but I mean, there'd be lots of weeks I would go to school one day, uh, or like wouldn't go to school at all. Like, um, so I, there, uh, people who were around me weren't, they might be aware of my absence, but they weren't really actually seeing it mm-hmm. firsthand. Um, and they're definitely not going to talk to you about it. Yeah, there was like a, there just wasn't really a curiosity. Or there maybe... I, I, I think there's a curiosity, like just speaking from like, you know, if like I've had uh, people I've gone to school with that have like gone for long lengths of time, I've always just kind of like questioned like, where did they go? Like what, like what's happening? But um, I think it's like, just like, like scared to ask or scared to know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like I'd be scared to know if I was in high school, like just to like, especially if you can notice, like there's obviously like physical and, uh, there, there's obviously like tells about what, like what's happened to you or what's going on with you that would make people a little bit scared. Would you say? Yeah. Um, scared or nervous or what, whatever. Yeah, just, I know there was, like, when I went to the treatment program, uh, there's very few... Yeah, people would kind of, like, a couple people I went to school with with my friends would kind of, like, text me here and there for, like, the first maybe month that I was gone. But after that, like, kind of fell off the... Like, people weren't really staying in touch with me. And, like, mm-hmm. you try to meet up with people, and it would be like, ah, oh, I'm busy, I got this, I got this. And, like... I hate that. Right? Um, but then I remember my one friend telling me that she, like... She, she was, like, better friends with me. I, I, she, I I've known her my whole life. And I uh, also went to school with her. Um, but she told me that people would be, like, asking her about me. And I was kind of confused. I was like, why, mm-hmm. f- why don't they just fucking text me? Like, <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> but they're scared to breach it to you. Yeah, or I don't know. I, I maybe didn't know how to, like, approach the subject. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, it's a tough one. I, yeah. I've been told. I guess, but, like, the best way you can... I mean, I think the But you gotta think about it from, like, a high school perspective or a... I mean, I guess I'm only talking about people from, like, school in that age, but, uh... I think most people are, like, the the way you can approach it, though, is just, like... Yeah, uh, what is a way that you can approach it, or what's a way that you Just through, like, genuine curiosity and, like, genuine, like, willingness to try to understand what's going on. Like, don't... Don't try to... I mean, you... Like, why are you do Like, why are you like this? Like, that'd be a pretty tough question to answer. Yeah, but just, like, seeing, like, why, like, what's going... Like, what's going on? Oh, like, what does that mean? Like, what is... Oh, like, so, like, how does that affect you? Like, like uh, by just asking questions and being genuinely curious, if you're genuinely displaying curiosity in it um, and, and, and interest in that person, even if it's over, like, a shitty topic like that, I mean, it obviously, to a certain extent, shows that you actually, like, do care about what's going on with that person, right? Um, I mean, you're not going to come with, like, the solutions. You're not going to come with the answers, like... odds are you don't know shit about it right um approaching someone with that like uh, you know as we've been talking about like that well why don't you just do this you're like why don't you you know you just need to pull you just need to do this it's like that's not a helpful attitude um it's like the person who's dealing with it if you've never dealt with it the person who's dealing with it 
knows a lot more about it than you. Yeah. Probably, right? Uh, and the person, if they have a therapist, that person probably knows a lot more about it than, you know, they do. So, like, uh, if the person needs help from someone, or needs true advice, I think it's my phone, uh, if they, like, really, you know, they, they probably... You know, if they're seeing a therapist, their therapist is probably going to be more helpful than their friends are in some ways. Uh, friends can be supportive. It's like, it, just like radio silence isn't going to help. I mean, that's like the worst thing you can do, in my opinion. I know that was like actually yeah. like pretty hurtful. Like when I, I left school and it was like a lot of these people I thought were my friends. It was like, uh, you know, you try to get together with them or whatever. And they'd be like, oh, I'm busy, I'm busy, I'm busy. And it's like, yeah, like they see everyone else still at school, but it's like, I mean, you're, like in that situation, I'm fucking lonely for like a long time there because like I, uh, you know, so it's just like just talking to people and just like you don't have to get it. Like that's a big thing too. Is like, um, you know, like if you had cancer, like I would have no idea what it's like to get chemo. Like you could describe it to me, but I'd still have no idea. Yeah, really. Um, but it's just like showing interest and support for that person you did, know. did you have somebody who is like kind of maybe not like a companion but uh, I don't know somebody who is like definitely always there for you or maybe just like a person that you could talk to that was like there and like around you all like throughout this I guess is what I'm trying to say is there like somebody who's been there for you uh yeah, I mean, like, to an extent, my family. I know uh, for the first few years that was going on, uh, there was a lot of, like, tension regarding it. Uh, With? Well, it was just, like, I was angry as fuck, mm -hmm. like, the whole time. Like, I was just, like, I was mad. I was, like, so angry at the world about everything, right? So, uh, not to say that it was all their wrongdoing I don't think I was necessarily being like the easiest person to approach about it for them um, I think there was a lot of like misunderstanding on their part that uh, has kind of been cleared up not entirely but I think a lot of it's been cleared up through just time and just mm -hmm. seeing it um, there was uh, my friend like Anthony was like very supportive. Uh, he was like uh, older, uh, so you know, like he would like. What What's his age? Uh, he's like he's in his thirties. Okay. Uh, but he was like. And how did you know him? Uh, I met through like breaking, like originally break dancing. Yeah. Okay. So like, uh, he taught me. Like I've known him since I was like ten. Um, Can he do a flip? <laughs> Can he spit on his head? <laughs> that's that's the real testament. Can he crab walk? <laughs> crab walk. <laughs> right. Um, but I mean, like when he found out, he was like super supportive. Uh, he was like super helpful, uh, especially because there was like a that was kind of like I, I told him and like was talking to him during. Shake uh, my head, boy, fucking popular boy. Uh, like kind is of, that just turning on and off? No, it's just text. Okay. Oh fuck! Then you are popular. Group chats bumping. Uh, uh, so there was a 
yeah, I kind of was talking to him a lot about it, like in between the periods where before I went to that treatment program and when I was there. So he was like very supportive and helpful throughout all that part. Um, that's why oh, another thing was is like a lot. Of <coughs> um, girls who I would date through high school would be like really close with or whatever. Had stuff going on as well, uh, which is maybe not maybe not always the best idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but it's like. I think part of that was just, like, you just wanted someone who, like, even on your shittiest day, you didn't really have to talk about it, because they, they just kind of got it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I, I mean, there's, I, I wouldn't say, honestly, that I've had, like, one constant person. I'd say probably my parents have been, like, probably the most, like, supportive. Yeah. Uh, although it was definitely, like, a button heads and like a lot of like fighting and yelling and I bet, yeah. saying mean shit to each other <laughs> parents it, it must be so tough being a parent yeah you have to put I was like a sh- oh yeah like I mean I'm asshole. a horrible child <laughs> even still I'm so a bad person sorry <laughs> <laughs> uh, window but yeah no I, I think there was a yeah, not, not necessarily one specific person, though. So another question I have is, uh, it's, it's kind of specific, and uh, I guess I'd just like to hear your kind of thoughts on it, but, so, you've obviously, you, 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 you've talked about your openness with telling people about your problems. Do you think, like, posting it on Facebook is, like, like, I, maybe people deal with it in different ways, but, for instance, there's, like, this Instagram post where this girl said, didn't go on a date with this guy today because I was feeling depressed, and, like, make, makes that an Instagram post or Facebook post. Is that the same as, saying like, telling people in person, or is it maybe a badge of honor, or not, like, a badge of honor, but, like, it's, it's like, a tool or something? Yeah. Because, like, it's it, good... it just seems to me that, like, if I felt that way, I would, <laughs> I would, like, I don't want people to know about anything in my personal life and unless I tell them. Yeah. So, when I see something like that, I just, I, I immediately think negatively of that because... You're seeking some sort of, like, validation. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Kind and, of, like, fishing for likes and stuff. And, and that's, like, a culture that we live in. So, yeah. immediately I see see that for... Maybe not for what it is, but that's how I see it. That's how I perceive it. Question the motives of it a bit. Yeah, exactly. So Um, when when you see that, or maybe when you just hear that, you might not have seen it. Like, how does that make you feel? Yeah. So, I mean, mean, in a sense, this podcast is a bit of that, right? Like, the whole point of recording this and sharing it over social media so, like, other people can hear it and hear it, you know, like, listen to what we have to say about this topic and, like... Mm -hmm. I think this is a way more constructive way of doing it because you're actually listening to a dialogue that's taking place. Yeah. Um, simply saying, I dealt with depression and I overcame it, but let's talk, whatever. Like, my opinion is, like, if you're going to be talking about something like this, you should be contributing to the dialogue. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like... And I don't want to sound judgmental. I don't... Because you don't know that person, you don't know what's going on in their brain. But I don't necessarily know if it's making, 
I mean, I, I mean, this kind of goes to a broader issue of I just don't think sharing shit like that on Facebook. I mean, it's like nice to see, oh, your friend got engaged, or like, oh, like, mm-hmm. oh, you guys went on a crazy camping trip, or yeah. like whatever. But like, I don't, I don't know if like sh- sharing serious. I mean, I, I mean, like any time that it gets to a serious subject, I, I've like literally never seen a post from a friend on Facebook about something political, for example, that's actually been constructive. Most of right, you know, so it's like. Uh, and I think most of the posts that I've seen on Facebook regarding mental health, I would probably put in that same group. Not to say it's not good, but as I said earlier, spreading awareness is one thing, but spreading awareness with kind of no information around it isn't... And captioning it on Instagram. It's like, kind of like, what is that? like, do you remember, uh, like the Coney 2012 thing? Yeah. It's like, fuck, everyone knows who Joseph Coney is, but it didn't do shit to like actually stop that. You know what I mean? Like, we just yeah. know that like we didn't do anything about it. Like, so, um, I think, uh, I think we all know we just got scammed by the people who tried doing that, like, yeah. for profit and took profits and jerked off in <laughs> parking <laughs> lots and shit and yeah. bought like real nice offices and computers and gave like two dollars to kids sleeping in like a school or whatever. Like, Fuck that shit. Show, I remember when they came to Invisible Children. Yeah, I remember, <laughs> when they, I remember when they came to our school. It was just fucking horrific. Yeah, like, anyways, continue. Sorry. Yeah, like, I don't want to like, I don't want to shit on anyone who's done that. I don't know their intentions. I've definitely seen posts where I can question the intention. I think most people doing it is it's like definitely out of a good intention. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's always constructive. I don't think it's always like the best way to do it. I think if you want to. Uh, if you want to, like, improve the situation, I think it involves, like, having conversations with people in person, which is a lot harder than doing it over Facebook. It's pretty easy to post, make a post on Facebook, get 20 likes and feel good about it, but, yeah. like, you're not necessarily actually educating someone. Um, there's a lot of people who I've talked to about this. You know, like, uh, it's, like, it's come up a lot. I've definitely had a, a, a ton of conversations um, regarding this over the years and I, I think I think that's been helpful I don't know if posting stuff on Facebook I, I just think you have to add to the dialogue right. you know I think something like this for example I think it adds to the dialogue I think it's spreading information it's you know I think my biggest problem with that specific example is that Instagram is literally made to just get likes yeah and so what are your intentions when you're posting that? Like, it just doesn't seem like that is something that you want to share because it's a horrible thing. Like, uh, skipped out on somebody because I was feeling depressed today, but it just, it, like Instagram is just inherently, I just, I just feel like I, I just see, I just see three motherfuckers. <laughs> I see three motherfuckers. I mean, and I, I'll say like in that case where like didn't go on a date cause I was feeling depressed. Maybe, maybe in that situation she made that post because like to her, you know, having 50 people like the photo or whatever, it was like 50 people being like, Hey, like that's okay. And maybe yeah. that was like the validation of like that, that she needed. Um, I think in which case it's not to say that's bad, but that's, it's like, that's not bad at all. That's just like, I think it's a bit more like of a, like a self-serving, like you're, like you're doing that because you need to feel a little bit better about what's going on with you, which is completely fine. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. I think like if I'm like, if I'm having this conversation with you, it's not because I need to feel validated about myself. You know, I'm doing this because like, um, yeah, like with like my friend passing away the other day, this is something that, like, I think 
the dialogue needs to be expanded. And it's like, um, especially to, you know, whoever ends up listening to this, I'm sure there's going to be people who like have known me probably a long time who listen to this or people who, you know, and they probably, they might not know any of this. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, um, it's not always obvious. It's not always any, you know, but I hope it can just like maybe make people think about it in a slightly different way or hear yeah. someone's experience and like, especially, um, you know, I don't necessarily, some of the stuff that I've said, uh, like I'll straight up say is like kind of delusional and crazy. Like some of the stuff I deal with, like I don't have, I don't have a problem using those words. I think those words are fine to use. I know some people are like, it stigmatizes it more. It's like, yeah. no, like thinking that you're like sent from God to do a mission. It's like, it is a bit fucking <laughs> crazy. Right. But like, doesn't mean you're a bad person. Doesn't mean it's just like, I mean, there's nothing wrong with using that word in my opinion, as long as you're using it like within like a respectful, you're not doing it to demean, right? Um, but I, I'm sure like if there's people out like, who are listening who know me and like have never viewed me through a lens like that, who are, who's never been aware of this, this could be definitely like an eye-opening thing of like, for you know for someone to hear and be like oh shit like I never even knew this was going on like I never right. you know uh, and that's like that's a big thing is like people don't always have like people a lot of the time have no idea because even like though you're like one of my best friends it's uh, I only today just found out that you're bipolar yeah it's like <laughs> it's, and it's not something that I've been hiding from you it's just something yeah. that like honestly has never it's part of your life and it has always been part of your life and yeah. so it's like I don't want to talk about my fucking birthmark. Yeah. And, it's, and, and what is like, what's up with that anyway? Exactly right. <laughs> People do ask me about it, yeah. but uh, obviously yours is a lot less visible. So yeah. You don't want to talk about it. Well, right? and it's just like you know I'll talk about it if it comes up in conversation exactly, or yeah. like if there's like something that prompts it. But like you know, it's like, not news to you. It's news to me. Yeah, it's like I'm, I've got a birthmark on my ass, but I'm not just whipping that out all the time. Yeah, if totally. it comes up. Like, you know, like, it's just, like, something, like, it's not a, it's just not a, like, a, uh, just not even something I think to talk about a lot of the time with people, so, like, um, but, yeah, like, if, if it's ever something that does come up, I'm, like, I want to be as open and I want to be as honest about it as possible. I don't think there's anything gained from, uh, from hiding things or from not talking about it. I don't, I, I mean... I, I can understand how like someone could be maybe nervous about that, but I, I just for me it's like I, I've never, I've never shared any of this with anyone, and felt worse off for doing so. Yeah, I've never. There's been people definitely who I've talked to who do not get it, and they there are people that like that. Well, you just need to pull yourself up by your yeah. bootstraps attitude. That's but so fucked like, up. But for me, it's like. Okay, so you don't get it, right? It's like, I mean, if we were to talk about, like, I don't know, quantum physics or something like that, and you didn't understand them, I wouldn't be like, this fucking guy. You know, like, it's just like, okay, you don't get it, like, whatever. Like, it's not the end of the world. Not everyone's going to understand it. It might take some, you know, that person who has that attitude now, 20 years down the road, might change their mind about it. And it's like, maybe me sharing my experience or me talking about what I've dealt with hasn't... But I don't, I don't really care. I've never... And I think the more you talk about it, the more secure in yourself you become about it. Um, it's just like, whatever. It's, yeah, it's like, it's a, something I deal with. It's a part of me. It's like, I don't, it's, um, yeah, I don't know.
I, I think if, if I can say anything to people, it would just be like, don't, like, yeah, I don't know, I just, like, I don't think people should, like, assume they understand something, because mm-hmm. they've, like, I mean, there's a lot of, like, you know, like, we were talking about, like, comparing it to, like, physical illnesses earlier, it's, like, I kind of vaguely know what diabetes is, but if someone had diabetes, I would ask them to, like, explain what it is, you know, like, and I wouldn't be dismissive, don't be dismissive of it, like, try to understand what it is, if you want to learn more, it's, like, just do some, do some research, it's not that hard, Yeah. you know, uh, it's a pretty common thing, you know, like, these are, uh, like, what, like, 1% of the popular, you know, I mean, like, it's, like, schizophrenic, or, it's, like, yeah, I mean, there's, like, a, you know, like, these are things that, like, a lot of people deal with. And yeah, so there's, there's percentages, large percentages of our population that have mental illness. Yeah. And it might not always, it's definitely not, like, I think we could just say it's definitely not discussed the way it should be. Yeah. Still. And it's there's also, you know, there's varying severities of something, mm-hmm. like, just because one person was depressed and went to a psychiatrist and three months later was fine, doesn't mean that's going to be the case with right. everyone, you know, uh, and, and if someone isn't comfortable talking about it, that's fine too. Like, it's just, it's, it's like, it's just should be treated like any other, mm-hmm. uh, any other thing. Um, and yeah, just like, don't, don't assume you know what it is. Right. Uh, yeah, it's like, and the other thing is, is it's like, you know, understand, understand the weight that it has. I mean, it's like, uh, you know, as we said, as I said earlier, like there's a number of mental illnesses that like can surpass, like the suicide rates within those mental illnesses can surpass the death rates among certain types of cancer. You know, like these are not, uh, they're not, it's not something to be taken lightly. Um, and yeah, I mean, also I guess just understand the difference in between, uh, you know, mental illness and just regular emotions and that, you know, people who are dealing with something like you're not always going to feel great, but that doesn't mean you've dealt with a mental illness, you know, um, and to assume you have is kind of ignorance on the subject, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's probably, you hear about a lot in the U.S. about, like, overprescription of antidepressants and stuff like that. Probably right. People probably do overprescribe stuff, but it doesn't mean that these issues, like, that these issues aren't real. Yeah. Uh, Like, they get, there's prescriptions written for a reason. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, some people get probably antidepressants that probably don't need them. You know, it's not to say that's not a thing, or it's not to say that sometimes these things can be, like, exaggerated, but, like, the real, the real issues, uh, listen to people, and there's, a, I don't know, there's nothing wrong with dealing with one, it's fine, it's like, uh, I mean, not to say it's, it's fine, I mean, it fucking sucks, but like, it's like, it, uh, it's like, it is, it is what it is, and, uh, I'm not like, embarrassed as a result of any of this, right, uh, I was embarrassed about it there's probably like 90% of the stuff I've said so far I probably wouldn't have said but it's like I, I don't really care like I, I think people should know more about it so very cool yeah
Well, uh, I guess I have one more question. Yeah. And that is, uh, so you've tried all these prescriptions and treatments. Yeah. How, how does just like living your daily life affect, like, like say you're going to a job or whatever, or say for instance, like you just gave me my tattoo. Uh, how, how does like goals and kind of just like these like stepping stones in life, I guess, like doing things. Yeah. Uh, It's not hard for me to say, but I'm just stumbling around the words like an idiot. (laughs) But yeah, like, so like how, how does just lifestyle affect your, yeah, that's a a good, actually a really good question. Um, so yeah, one thing for me is like, uh, I mean, I, I dropped out of high school, um, like I tr- I've tried to go back and finish my courses. Uh, I've you know I've tr- tried jobs here. And it's like it's for me um, with the cycling of things. It's like when I start something new, um, and I, I think everyone's like this to an extent. But it's like for me, it's just it's really ext- It's like I start something, I'm set on it, and I do really well for about a month. And it's like after about a month, it's like three months. In, I, I can't do something for longer than three months like I, I just I go crazy I go like stir crazy I get like that's when I get start to get depressed I get parrot like thing I, I need um, constant change I, I can kind of I get like obsessive over things so like uh, you know I, I'm the type of person you know what I mean like I gave myself two tattoos back to back weeks each one of them took about you know 15 to 18 hours like <laughs> you know and they're fucking sick <laughs> like it's uh you know I, I get really uh, like really focused on things and then like and then as soon as I've finished whatever I was trying to do or like as soon as I've just like had enough on, it's like I, I can't I, no matter how hard I try to force myself it's like the more I force myself to do it the more depressed I get um and, so ju- just a question on the tattoos then. So you've given yourself them. Yeah. You've given me one. You've given another lady one. Yeah. Is that something where you're feeling like oh, I'm kind of already done with this shit or? No, I'm still like super stoked. Stoked on it, on it? yeah, because yeah. they're fucking dope. They're pretty I'm tight. Should give myself a chest piece, but I feel like oh, that might be dude. a bit much. <laughs> yeah, I think that like just like pers- well, uh, I'd have to sit in front of a mirror and do it. So I could like look down and watch myself, but then look up and make sure I'm getting like the big picture right. We'll see how that goes. Yeah, uh, that might be a terrible. Idea. Mm-hmm. I hope I don't lose interest halfway through it. <laughs> um, Outlines. But yeah, back to your question is uh, like, yeah, goal being goal oriented can be really difficult because it's like I just like get into something and get so obsessive with it, and then it's like after a while, it's like I just want nothing to do with it. That's done. That's over. Like I need something new or like I get depressed and it's like I don't want to do anything I and can. now when you don't want to do it is it like like fuck that shit like it's boring or is it like uh, like I can't even like bring myself to do that anymore it's just I like I, what what it what is like not wanting to do something anymore yeah it's like I go it's just like kind of like you go like stir crazy like I, I have to like do something else. like I have to like it's like I just have to get out of that I can't do that anymore I don't know how to describe it mm, really it's just yeah. like Um, and I mean like I know everyone kind of has that where like they start a semester and they're like on on point with it and then like 
little bit into it they're like oh fuck this look I don't really care that much but like it's like I will literally get to the point of being suicidal over it like I, I, I can't I have to like uh, there's been a number of times where I've tried to do things and then just like like will quit it and then just go hitchhike like I have to get out like, you know it's like it's like that extreme like where you're like I need to like go do something like and hitchhiking is the answer you like that well, I just think hitchhiking's so fun. So like, fun. Yeah. You meet weirdos and have fun conversations with people. Yeah. And essentially just be homeless, living out of a tent. And just shut off your life. Yeah. Yeah. It's do, you, do you ever wish you just, like, lived in your own kind of space? Like, uh, like you had, like, a cabin in the woods or something like that? Is that kind of, like, the idea you get with camping is, like, you're piecing out and, or not camping, but hitchhiking? Like, I mean, you are getting, like, like, uh, interaction with humans, but do you ever, like, long for that where it's kind of peaceful, quiet? Yeah, but I also know that if I did that, then I would, uh, three months into it, I would need to do something different. Like, I couldn't stay Mm, there anymore after three months, right? Like, I mean, so, I I mean, it's, like, it's not to say there aren't things that, I I, I just find it very difficult to be goal-oriented. Because I find I'm so, like, scatterbrained with that, um, that, I mean, it's, like, I, I, I can't even tell you what I'm going to be doing next week. Like, I... I mean, I couldn't tell you either. <laughs> no, but, you, you, like, I, I... Or what I would want to be doing, or, like, what right. my goal would be to be doing. Like, I mean, I couldn't really tell you either, <laughs> but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, slurpees, slurpees. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. Uh, well... Yeah. I love you, dude. Love you too, Carter. It's good talking to you. Good conversation. Hey there, thank you for listening to episode five of the Mystery Friendship Sessions podcast. It's always great talking to Mark. I know I probably say the exact same shit every time I talk to Mark, and you know, I mean it though, because the dude doesn't have internet at his house, or I mean, he just doesn't want to pay for it, which I respect because, you know, internet's free in most places, especially at your parents' house, and shit like that, so I recommend always hitting that spot up before deciding to actually pay for internet. Uh, but I guess a benefit of that is just conversation. Mark and I talked for six hours on Monday and recorded two of them, so we had to be a little bit more formal, a little bit more on board, as opposed to the four hours of just straight-up bullshit and, you know talking like Donald Trump and shit, all that good stuff. Point number two that I want to say is thank you for listening to the podcast. It means a lot to me, you know. I didn't think anybody would listen to this, and then I see that I have 200 plays. And, you know, I don't know if everybody listens to the podcast completely. Some people do. Thanks for the input saying, like, you know, great job, Carter. This is probably, like, the best podcast I've ever heard. People are saying that for reals. Yeah, you know, I'm always, well, not always, but I have been. Yeah, thank you for listening, guys. Now, that was the first themed kind of podcast, or at least had a very specific topic that we had to talk about, or not had to, but did talk about. And I'm looking for more of those. You know, I know everybody has a story, and it might not even seem interesting to most people, but... 
I mean, I could talk to you about anything. I, I could talk to somebody about uh, puppies or real estate or <laughs> glasses. Anything, guys. Do a podcast with me. That's all I want. That's all Dollar wants. That's all Water Bottle wants. This is a this is a weird outro, but whatever. I'm happy with it. Thank you for listening, guys. Kicked off my shoes, tripped acid in the rain. Well, my jacket is a cape and my umbrella has a cane. The richest man rocks the snatchless necklace. Spineless bitches in backless dresses. Well, my feelings on my sleeveless. My weed seedless, my trees leafless. I miss my diagonal grilled cheeses. And back when Mike Jackson was still Jesus. Before I believed in not believing in. Yeah, I ain't hell. Who believed in me not breathing in? Cigarettes stained smile all covered in sin. My big homie died young, just turned older than him. I seen it happen, I seen it happen, I see it always. He still be screaming, I see his demons in empty hallways. I tripped to make the fall shorter. Fall quarter was just a tall order. And I'm hungry, I'm just not that thirsty. As of late, all my verses seem not so versy. And all my words just mean controversy. Took the team up off my back like that's not your jersey. Stressing, pulling my hair out, hoping I don't get picked. All this medicine in me, hoping I don't get sick Making all of this money, hoping I don't get rich These niggas still get embodied for phones Sometimes the truth don't rhyme Sometimes the lies get millions of views Funerals for little girls, is that appealing to you? From your cubicle, desktop, what a beautiful view I think love is beautiful too Building forts from broken dams, what a hoover could do For future hoopers, dead from Ruger, shooting through the empty alley Could've do them an alley-oop, helping them do good in school Damn, that acid burn when it clean, yeah I still miss being a senior And performing at all those open mic events Eyes closed, eyes closed, seeing arenas And I still get jealous of Vic And Vic still jealous of me but if you touch my brother, all that anti-violent shit goes out the window along with you and the rest of your team. Smoking cigarettes to look cooler. I only stop by to look through ya. And I'm only getting greedier. And I'm still Mr. You Media. And I still can't find talent. And I'm still choosing classmates that wouldn't fuck. Mom still thinks I should go back to school. And Justin still think I'm good enough. And Mama Jan still don't take the meds And I still be asking God to show his face And I still be asking God to show his face I am a new man I am sanctified